Welcome to the Balanced Being Podcast with Guni Sodi, your life made simple. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Balanced Being Podcast. It's basically the start of February now and, and January's kind of just flown by and that's typically I think how sometimes a new year starts. It starts either super slow for others or just insanely fast. And for us over here, we got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of great opportunities. I feel like January just flew by. What we'd like to kind of cover on today's episode goes back to one of the pillars that we had discussed really early on in the earlier episodes. So I think if you want to kind of go back and reference, I had a balanced plan episode that includes some important pillars to really live a balanced life. One of the most important pillars that I think really helps with a thriving life and really helps you further your career, help the community, and even kind of you know, feel pretty good about yourself is the whole importance of the financial balance and the financial well-being. And that's not just about how much money you're making, but it's also about having that peace of mind of knowing that you can have potentially that financial freedom to be able to either help your community, spend more time with your family. And that's why today I have one of my probably best friends since God knows how long, and we'll just talk about how long we've known each other, but he's more like a brother to me. I believe, and Mick, I'll introduce you and feel free to correct me. I think I've, we've known each other since we were seven years old. It could be even earlier than that. But what's interesting about mine and Mick's story is it's kind of cool. Both of our parents kind of got started with their businesses and their ventures almost at the same time. They've met at a event. And ever since then, they've been not only doing business together, but they've also just been really good friends. And it's been nice to see the evolution of their friendship and then i.e. our friendship turn into more of family. And he's just been my best friend, somebody I've, I talk to almost on a weekly or everyday basis. And by his career, he's actually a CPA and he specializes in tax planning. And I couldn't think of a better person to bring on board to talk about kind of this subject of finance. I know a lot of people personally dodge this or get stressed out about it because quite frankly, sometimes we're just not taught the tools and the principles in school. We're not taught how to properly budget, what it really means to to apply for a credit card. How do you take out a loan? And I know that causes stress on a lot of people. I've talked to several people that have been there even during the home buying process and they get stressed out. So I wanted to bring Mick in from a very high level point of view and talk to him about kind of how he approaches his life in, in the financial balance of financial planning to reduce the stress and what we can do to begin early. I still think it's early because, you know, it's the start of the year. But even just in your life, what kind of things you can begin doing today to really help you alleviate that stress? Because one of the main reasons of possibly people getting stressed out or even I've, I've read even divorce cases sometimes is finance. And that's super important to have that really planned out and have that be balanced and be on top of it. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce one of my best friends in the whole world, more like a brother, Mick Niger to the podcast. And Mick, thank you for dedicating your Saturday. I know it's right in the heat of tax season. So I really appreciate that. And the community does as well. Welcome on. Thank you, Goonie. Thanks for having me. I listen to your podcast. You're doing great things. Obviously, great things with you, Veda. And I'm just loving watching you thrive in this environment. Just happy to be here and just happy to talk to any and all of your viewers. Thank you so much, bud. Really appreciate it. So let's kind of get into it, Mick. I know you may have been asked this before, but let's let's kind of rewind. When people come to you for financial advice or advice on money, Mm -hmm. and without really getting into 
the, the specifics as we'll get into later. What kind of things come to your mind when, let's maybe begin, somebody's just beginning to look into this, and it can be very confusing, it can be kind of daunting and cause stress. What would you advise people to be like, hey, okay, Mick, where do I even begin, man? I, there's so many things out there. I get confused. I open up Google. It's one thing is guiding me here. One thing is guiding me there. What would you say to people that want to begin to get serious about their financial planning? And they're on the goal maybe to have some financial freedom later on in their life, or they just want to get their finances under control. Can you just talk about that and, and from a starting point of view? Honestly, just getting the conversation going is just a great starting point. There's, like you said, I think in your intro, people are just scared to talk about it. You know, money can be very stressful. It can honestly be one of probably the most stressful things that individuals or families encounter in their lifetime. Obviously, you know, health is number one that we talk about in the well-being of your family. But sometimes health kind of, you know, is one of those things where unless something pops up, you just might not think about it on a daily basis. But money is just something that impacts your daily life, you know, whether it's good or bad. It's one of those things. Like I said, you know, you just got to get the conversation going. Starting that is a big commitment. And then just going from there, you can honestly just get so much advice out there. Like you said, there's just so much going on, whether it's on Google, whether it's talking to friends, whether it's talking to family. And just going back to my, you know, what I see on a daily basis is there's no cookie cutter approach. Honestly, there just really isn't. I could have a thousand conversations with a thousand different clients and every single conversation could be different. It just depends. Every situation, every case, every person's needs are different. I mean, you got to look at your what you need, right? So what is your lifestyle like? What makes mm -hmm. you happy? Do you want to travel? Do you want to commit and have a home and a family? Or are you okay with having a small space of living, but you'd rather enjoy the other aspects of life, whether it's entertainment, socializing, again, going back to travel, those type of things are important. So I think it just starts within your own mind frame of kind of understanding what makes you happy. Stress with money can be dealt with stress with most things in life. You know, as long as you have a, a good relationship with yourself mentally and physically, right. I think it makes managing your finances much easier. If you're taking care of your mind and your body, this goes back to, you know, everything that you guys talk about, you Veda and on your podcast as well. If you're taking care of your mind and your body, it's just going to make it so much easier to approach those questions regarding finance, right? So I think right. it just starts with yourself, taking care of yourself mentally, physically, spiritually. And if you're at a good place, then you can start having those conversations. And honestly, you can approach it with a better, more positive attitude, I think. We make decisions in life that can impact us negatively, right? Correct. You know, we've all been there going out too much, people, you know, socializing too much. Those type of things have a mental, physical, and financial impact on your health. So I think as long as you can get there mentally and physically, emotionally, I think you can get there financially as well, just by having that mindset. I love that. Honestly, for people out there that are like, wow, I've never heard a CPA say that. I mean, that's why I wanted to have Mick on there. He's also been on this journey of the self-improvement, the self-reflection. And I think Mick, you're absolutely right about that, that it's taking that first step. A lot of times on this podcast, you'll, you'll find the theme. Like when I talk about meditation and people are like, what's the best meditation you can do? People hate this answer. It's the one that you actually do. There's not a cookie cutter approach. It's just 
whatever you're comfortable with. I mean, I'm just surprised to hear that you, you, you can have that many conversations and everyone's financial situation is different because you're right. In their life, everyone's at a different time of their life and different goals. Some people want to just go all in and keep on and reinvesting in their business. And people are like, look, I want to travel more. I don't care how I live or anything, but I want those experiences. So you're absolutely right. And it's also kind of how what Ayurveda stresses is every person is different. And it's so interesting. I can almost connect the different constitutions to how people are in their even financial situation because Kapha, Vata, and Fitta people are very different in how they approach money. Kaphas are much more laid back. Fittas are much more, okay, let's go get it. I have this goal. I need to get it. And then even Vatas, you know, kind of like, okay, I'm going to be a little creative about it and whatnot. So it's so interesting to me that when you say that, but the advice that you're saying is most important thing to do is get started. Like you said, you know, everyone is just different. You know, this the biggest thing is having that conversation with yourself. Okay, what is important with me? Once you figure that out, then we can have the next conversation. It goes back to sometimes I'm like, hey, you know, the best thing, at least, and please correct me, you know, if, if I'm wrong, Mick, this is your specialties. I say, look, it, it's as simple as maybe just sitting down after 30 days and just seeing what your money and you did. Meaning like have a little budget audit, like, okay, hey, maybe this month we ate out too much or wow, this month. We didn't save enough or wow, I forgot to donate this month. What do you feel about that practice of on a monthly basis, just sitting down and kind of, I think it keeps me and Kirith do this in all full, full transparency. We've been doing it for a long time. I don't even call it a budget. I call it, okay, I am directing our money to do what we intend it to do. And whether that be obviously spending, everyone has expenses. And whether that be on saving, you know, we also have a X percentage we save and then an X percentage we donate. I think that keeps us sane. It keeps us, it keeps us also like on top of certain expenses. Sometimes little things, like sometimes maybe a little a fee is charged by a credit card company that could have been avoided because maybe there was a mistake or something. And if that's yeah. not caught, those little yeah, twenty five, yeah, those 25, <laughs> 25, 20 bucks a month here or there. I mean, you could have been like, man, two hundred dollars later, I could have gone out on a nice dinner for that. So sitting down and kind of doing a monthly budget keeps us sane, keeps us centered. And most importantly, I feel like I can dictate and guide our money to where it's going. So can you talk about that? Like maybe that's one of the first things people can do. And everybody has access to online banking now, guys. So there's really no excuse, right? For me, being a married man and yourself being married as well, you know, starting that discussion with your significant other is important too, right? So one, you know, we talked about, okay, fine. You got to talk to, you know, have that inner conversation with yourself, what's important. But, you know, as a married joint couple, you have to kind of be on the same page financially, right? So that discussion, get that discussion going. Then going back to budgeting, you know, based on what you discuss, what is important to you as a family, as a couple, you'd start budgeting, right? The general rule of thumb, they say, you know, 20% 20% lifestyle, 50% living, 30% savings, you know? So you look at your monthly income and say, okay, we're going to allocate. This is how much we can allocate to socializing and entertainment. Our living costs should be about 50%. That includes, you know, your rent, your mortgage payment, groceries, utilities, whatnot. And then 30%, you know, we should go into savings. You know, that's the general rule of thumb. I like to look at it more like 20, 40, 40. Uh, personally, you know, try and put as much into savings as you can. And mm-hmm. honestly, this conversation starts when you're young. You know, something me and you have talked about in the past is it's just amazing to me that in this country, we have so much, you know, information and just the best education. But for some reason, these conversations are just not had at a young age. You know, it's such a valuable conversation that can be had with your kids or, you know, kids that are in high school, you know, 
going back to just learning about credit card debt, learning about, you know, taking advantages of free money. You know, when you get a job, when your employer offers you a 401k plan, what is that? Like, what does that mean? If you're sitting, coming right out of college and you've got an offer letter in front of you, you know, you may not even know what a 401k is, but you know, just if somebody had that conversation with you, you know, at an early age, that could have done you wonders in your negotiation on your salary, your contributions in your 401k. These conversations matter, but going back to budgeting, yeah, I mean, budgeting is absolutely important. I do it on a monthly basis with my wife. You know, we look at what we're doing, we kind of sit down and say, hey, okay, this is what we did this month for, you know, social entertainment purposes. Maybe we can bring it down next month, you know? Correct. And obviously, you know, during these months, like you said, you know, I'm just so busy at work you know, our costs come down a little bit in general, as far as, you know, those lifestyle expenses, you know, and then summertime, boom, they ramp up again, (laughs) vacations plan right after taxes and go to Hawaii, whatnot, you know, we budget for those things, you know, and we know when they're coming up and we know what it looks like when they do come up. Right. Absolutely. The budgeting is important, but not only just for yourself, but I think for your, like going back to the spouse thing, when you said you and Kira sit down together, that is so important. You can't do it alone. If you're, if you're married, you can just cannot do it alone. You have to do it together. Absolutely. You dropped so many gems there in the whole conversation that we, that me and you've had for, for like, you're like, you're right forever is I think that's what causes the stress here, Mick, is that when you are finally ready to enter into the job force and Mm -hmm. when you are presented things like, Oh my God, wait, what do you, what do you mean? I need to, put 20% down or what do you, what is PMI insurance? What do you mean I have to pay the credit card in full? Otherwise 17%, like that stuff is not taught. And I think that escalates into a snowball effect. When you are ready to enter the world, you're like, wait a minute, I'm stressed out about this job and killing it here. And all of a sudden yeah. I got to wait about, I got to worry about this. Like you're absolutely right. And I think it's crazy. But, yeah. It's crazy. But, I but just I, don't get it. I mean, it's just, it's interesting. Like you learn all these, you know, things in high school, whatnot. It's, and it's just like, you know, your simple daily, most important thing that you need is just not taught. I mean, again, things could be different now. I'm talking from, you know, when me and you were back in high school, I'm not sure I haven't talked to any high school kids. I got two really young kids now, but you yeah. know, I just plan to be proactive with them myself. And hopefully, you know, Correct. the curriculum will follow. But at the end of the day, I think that just everything just goes back to conversations, whether it's with your wife, your spouse, your family, and then most importantly, setting that foundation with your kids is going to be super important. And I also believe like it's the first in talking about the budget. Me and Kirith will now, today is the day we'll go back and audit everything in January. One of the other things that, that we, we, we've become accustomed to is it feels weird. I mean, we haven't missed it, but when we can't think about not doing it now, it just yeah. seems like, oh my gosh. It, it, it just becomes a routine. Yeah. And it feels yeah. like it's a sense of control. I mean, I would be going against my own philosophy when I say, you know, control is quote unquote, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing, but I believe as many variables as we can have control, i.e. our money and everything, it just makes it look so nice. And guys, I just also want to say when we, when me and Mick talking about the budget, it's not just and Mick, I love the percentages you broke down. I may have you cover those one more time because I think that also provides beginners a structure, but I'll get into those. So when we get into like a budget, guys, one of the most beautiful things and one of the most things that me and Kirit love doing, Mick, and I'm feel free to chime in, is the part when we're done with our expenses, the part when we're like, okay, yeah, this is this and social going out, uh, the house expenses, et cetera, the car, whatever else it was. The fun part for me, Mick, is then being like, man, okay, how much are we giving this month? 
I love that part of it, guys. I would encourage everybody to give as, as much as possible. It's just one of those universal laws. And it doesn't just mean like, you know, oh my God, somebody said 10%, so I have to give it, but I may have to decrease my groceries. No, guys, like you got to be in balance. If you can only <laughs> donate 1% of your overall income, start there. But have the yeah. goal to work up. Me and Kirit love donating every month. And that's what makes the budgeting process fun for us because at the end of the day, we're like, okay, you know what? Yeah, maybe the other stuff is not as fun. It's important. But now I'm here at the part where we can donate or we can give to charities or we can give to people that need it. That to me is, and get it, is just, we love doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you know where your money is, you know, it makes it easier to do things like that, right? Because that's, again, it goes back to, I keep repeating, you know, that conversation with what makes you happy. And for you and Kira, specifically, that makes you happy. And you knowing where you're at financially, you can control that. And it just makes life easier, honestly. Just having a plan, honestly, just makes life so much easier when it comes to money. Money is just so stressful, you know. There's there's just so many different stress levels, We, especially in this country, you know, in this world today. It's just when you look at money and stress, it could be 10 different or 100 different types of stresses. You could have the person that's struggling to make ends meet. They can't make their rent this month or can't buy groceries for their family. Or to the opposite side of the spectrum, you have the multimillionaire that's struggling to figure out and he's stressed out about his tax liabilities. He's stressed out about his business growing. He's stressed out about succession planning, whether it's, you know, passing down money to heirs, you know, there's just so much involved. So it's like such a broad spectrum starting from point A all the way to point Z where, and there's just so many people in the middle and everyone just needs different guidance. And that's why I just go back to, you know, when it comes back, really, you just got to go out there and get help. Don't be afraid to talk about it. You can get the advice with friends and family. That's great. You know, that's, that's a great starting point, but don't be afraid to hire professionals. You know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but you know, it just, it's mm-hmm. one of those days, you know, people are there to help, right? You know, Correct. whether it be attorneys, it be financial advisors, whether it be CPAs for tax planning, budget planning, you know, your local banks, you know, just talking to your manager at the bank, you know, loan officers, you know, just having these conversations with people that you can trust. And again, finding that right person, you know, it may, depending on you, it may take some time to find that right person that you feel trustworthy. But you know, there's good people out there. Just uh, don't think that people, uh, everyone's out there just to get a fee from you. There are people available to help. So I think it's important to just go out and search for the right people and have those conversations with them. And yeah, sure, you're going to possibly pay a fee for that advice. But at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be worth it. It's professional advice, right? Exactly. At the end of the day, I don't think you lose anything. You're not going to be out of the pocket with zero. You at least will learn something. You will get something of knowledge. So I think you're absolutely right. And and I actually love the fact that you are repeating the beginning, at least begin, because that's what I like to kind of do in, in, in our in our episodes is, is go back to simple themes. That way people have actionable items. My whole theme here is how can we not just have people move from the thinking and the listening level to mm-hmm. really the action level? Tony Robbins says, nothing only happens alone in thinking. Action is needed as well, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's, yeah. what, that's what you keep on stressing. Now, Mick, I want to kind of touch base on, and I keep on kind of saying that, you know, when people want to begin, you you covered something interesting. And even I was confused for it for the longest time until, like you said, you know, everyone's financial situation is different. We've kind of gotten used to what, what works for us. But you said 20%, I think, was was social or, or lifestyle. Lifestyle, yeah. 50% was household living. living. And then the balance was kind of savings. Can you touch on that? 
would you suggest that somebody who's beginning, you know, maybe he's just entering the job world or just beginning to get some kind of a salary or an allowance, would you suggest to them to begin here to input the discipline and then later on shift according to their financial situation? As you're younger and you're professional, you know, we started professional careers in our early 20s, early to mid 20s. You know, at that point, you kind of haven't really thought about what your future is going to look like, right? Correct. You're most likely not married yet. Um, you're not thinking about kids. You're probably not thinking about buying a home, you know. You're not thinking definitely about retirement yet. But honestly, you should be a little bit. You know, it might sound a little lame, you know, say, hey, I'm only 23 years old. I don't care what I'm going to look like at 70 or whatever. That's so far away. Right. But, you know, these things matter because you know, you're going to have that conversation with your employer, right? Most likely if you're in a professional or even, you know, most jobs these days, your employer is going to offer, you know, some type of benefit plan, whether it's a 401k or whatnot. You know, it used to be back in the day, there used to be pensions, it used to be 100% employer funded, you know, that was great. But mm-hmm. those don't exist anymore, right? Now we got mm-hmm. 401ks, those are employee funding, meaning, hey, it's going to be a matching program. So, you know, there's no such thing as free money, but in a way, you know, 401k, there is some free money out there, right? Because if your employer is matching any, you know, up to five to 10% of your 401k deposits, you know, that's important. You know, when you're 23, 24 years old, you might not think so. If you get started at that age, you are going to be much further ahead, you know, and then when I say savings, I don't mean a savings account, you know, that's what I'm talking about savings. I'm talking about your 401k. Yeah, sure. A savings account is great, but they're just don't, you know, give back anymore. You know, Correct. the interest is just ridiculous these days, you know, back in the day, I remember there was some companies, ING Direct, when now we used to get four or 5%, but now you'd be lucky to, you know, half a percent, 1%. Yeah. So, you know, the I've savings account like is just kind of... zero one two. I mean, sometimes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, savings account, I just look at it as more like an emergency rainy day fund. Correct. Um, when I talk about actually saving, I mean, you know, putting that money into employer-sponsored 401k plans, opening up your own stock, you know, brokerage account, and understanding the trends of the stock market and researching a little bit, you know, seeing what you can do with that. As your savings grows, maybe diversifying, investing in real estate, just going back to it. You know, honestly, another thing is, you know, what's cool about the day and age we live in, forget about, you know, just the job in general, maybe you want to start your own business, you know, in this environment, it's as easy as ever to start, you know, back in the day, you needed, you know, you possibly needed funding and loans and whatnot, brick and mortar, you know, buying a business, paying rent, you know, today you can start a business at home, you know, like look at all these people just in podcasting, you know, look at, you know, there's so many guys, you know, YouTube channels, whatever, you know, if that's what makes you happy, uh, again, at the end of the day, don't do it just for money. If that is your interest, that's your passion, that's what you love. Don't be afraid to take that risk, especially at an earlier age, really at any age, but at an earlier age, for sure, you know, when you're younger, you know, you can invest in yourself, really. It's crazy what the world we live in right now. It's just, there's so many endless possibilities in what you can do. It goes back to the whole point of what you're saying is having that plan, getting started. Me and Kirith just wanted to not even open up. We had an account sitting there doing really nothing. And mm-hmm. we're like, you know, me and Kirith were like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. Like we were like, all right, we're going to call it this splurge account. This is the account that it was not big. Like we're just, we're just going to put away 200 $250 here. And yeah. whenever we, we want to, like everybody wants to have that impulse buy. Oh my God, look at those new shoes or that new gadget, right? And we're like, you know what? We're just going to put away $250 here and just, just see what happens. 
why I'm telling the story is some people may be like, okay, 250, yeah, what, what is that gonna, really going to do? I mean, it, or others may be like, yeah, that's a lot. But just the fact is that we got started and make four or five months later, I looked at that and I was like, wow, there's like enough money here to almost take a vacation. And it was all we did was we directed it and we were disciplined about it. But what's nice is what you're talking about is when the time comes to take a vacation, make a big purchase, or you're like, you know what? I want to spend money on myself. Tax season is done. Shoot, man, I want to go to the spa or do something. Yeah, you got to reward yourself, yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah. want to go to something. That money, guys, is already there. And by the way, because you've dictated it, because you've told it where to go, because you've planned, you don't feel the emotional stress of pulling that money out as you may in the other expenses because all of a sudden you're like, you know what? Me and my wife had planned this. This is, this is the whole reason this account exists is because we yep. want to do this. And it's just amazing. But it goes back to the point, guys, even $50 a month just put away and just let it sit there can add up to maybe a nice vacation. I'm serious. It's amazing what even having the discipline to just begin with just, you know, maybe you, you start with just like $10 a week. I don't know. Yeah. But the most Honestly. important thing is to get started and be disciplined. And I really want to thank my parents. You know, my mom also instilled this in me is just having that intelligence of money. And then of course, you know, everything, all the schooling I did and I, I further started because to me, it was really important, you know, if I'm going to have my own business to have knowledge about the numbers because numbers are super important, not These only in business. Things- these yeah. little things matter. Honestly, they really matter. Like little, little things, you know, just knowing what credit card debt is, knowing Absolutely. that that is a bad debt to have, you know, knowing that, you know, your home equity line of credit or your mortgage or your student debt, you know, those are good debts, you know. So if you have some bad debt, try and consolidate it, try and refinance wherever you can into good debt and pay off that bad debt. That's important, you know. When you have a job and your employer offers a direct deposit of your paycheck. That's just silly to think about like, oh yeah, sure, you know, whatever, I'll take a check or a direct deposit. But you know, that kind of matters because if you have that direct deposit, you can direct it automatically, right? Say, okay, you Correct. know, every time an employer gives you a form, you can say, okay, I want 70% to go in checking, 30% to go into my savings, right? Just by doing that, just by filling out that form right when you got your job, you're already directing 30% of your paycheck and your savings. And it's just kind of like, you just forgot about it, right? Or just right. the fact that you're doing direct deposits. Sometimes, you know, people were just so used to getting a paycheck and going straight to the bank and taking out cash. Like, and that's the problem, right? And when you take out that cash, you're going to spend it. You're not going to save cash. But if it's being directed through a direct deposit, it's already done. It's been taken care of. you got some money in your checking for spending. And then Possibly you put maybe even five, 10, 30, 40, dip- again, going back, everyone's different. However much you direct in your savings, it's already gone and it's, it's in your savings account, you know? So just a simple little thing like filling out your direct deposit form can just have a major impact on your life. That's such good advice. And it's simple enough where it can be missed. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's so key. Yeah, like, I, mean, I didn't even think about that. Thank you. That, that's so amazing. I mean, that, it's these little things, man. And, and it kind of takes me to the next segment of kind of, are there questions or themes, Mick, that you get asked all the time that you feel a majority of people struggle with or don't have the knowledge about that we could just cover? Like you're, you're talking about like a 401k certain credit card debt. Is there questions, and I would like to ask it on the audience's behalf, that people ask you on a continuum, you're like, you know what, this is a theme. And maybe we can provide the awareness and education about that. Honestly, there's just so many, right? You know, it depends. Like I get different questions, whether it's, you know, like we do a lot of tax planning here, you know, at my firm. 
So a lot of the things that my focus is around is planning for taxes for small businesses and individuals, right? But going back to more of a basic level, you know, yes. one question I've seen asked to me, you know, is, is health insurance important? You know, should I get it? You know, it's kind of expensive. And my answer is just, yeah, man, it is absolutely important. That's one of the things you're going to have to budget for, I think, especially if you have a family, if you have kids. Unfortunately, you know, the cost of insurance is pretty high right now, but it's one of those things is an absolute necessity. It's incredible how many times that question gets asked of me. Um, it, yes, absolutely. It's important. You've got to have insurance for yourself and your family. You've got to protect yourself. As you know, you know, health costs in this country are ridiculous. You know, Correct. I've had a situation where we've heard of people that didn't have it. And, you know, when somebody had a heart attack, you know, and all of right. a sudden had a hospital bill of $300,000. And then that's just not something anyone or any family wants to deal with. So that is one question I definitely get. And I say, yes, you know, whatever you can do, however you can budget it. It is important. Put it in part of your living costs, you know, going back to the budget, uh, lifestyles, living and savings, you know, insurance should be incorporated in part of your living costs. What about like when, when people open up credit cards? And I think sometimes people yeah. don't, un don't understand. Just know what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, know what you're getting into, you know, looking at the fine print, you know, just knowing that payment, you know, say, oh, yeah, your minimum payment due is 25 bucks. Okay, right, well, that's easy to do. I can easily pay that, you know, even though I got 5k, rack, <laughs> you know, but you're going to be paying interest, right? You got to yep. pay that statement balance if you want to avoid the interest, you know, in credit card, we're talking about 20, 22, 25% interest. And that's, you know, one of the highest, it's one of the biggest debts in America. And, you know, if you can manage your credit card debt, you're, doing that much better than most people, you know, in this country, because going back to that, you know, just having that conversation with your young kids, you know, I'm definitely gonna have that conversation with my kids, you know, get them a credit card early. Yeah, absolutely. They should because they need to learn that responsibility and start building their credit, but they need to know what it means to have that in their hand, you know, and what exactly are the consequences of racking up debt on that? It's bad debt, right? Going back to good debt versus bad debt. It's just bad debt to have. Um, you want to pay off your credit cards as soon as you can. Somebody asked me, you know, I have a huge student debt, just ridiculous things like, oh, should I have a credit line against my credit card? I can take some money out, pay off my student. No, do not do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Student debt is good debt. You know, that's good debt to have in the sense that, you know, you invested in yourself, you went to college, you got a degree, you invest in your career and your life. And those rates are much lower anyways compared to credit card debt. So just simple things. You may hear, you know, oh, this person gave me this advice. Yeah, you know, listen to it, but do your own research. You need to, at the end of the day, you know, it all comes back to you. You know, everyone's situation is different. Just because somebody did something doesn't mean it makes sense for you. And I think what I want to add to that, and thank you for answering those questions, is if you guys have a person that you look up to that is doing it right financially, like Mick was saying earlier, go and ask them, hey, do you mind if I take you out to coffee? I, I really admire how you're running your life and your finances and everything. I have some questions. Like if they're your family and friends, I believe they're going to be open to helping you. But if it's even your employer or your boss or a stranger or something, reach out. Like Mick said, get that conversation going. See what they're doing. What do they do? What are their habits? Study them. That can honestly really help you go from that stress to being like, you know what? I feel empowered now. I'm going to begin doing this. 
And like Mick was saying, try it. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But you know, everybody's different and, and, and everything like that. So it's such an amazing thing to, to, to clarify, Mick, as well as what is good debt and what is bad debt. And it does begin with, guys, before you open up credit card, like Mick is saying, read the fine print. Credit cards don't just come free sometimes. There's an annual fee that you have to pay. Make sure that annual fee is not crazy, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and see see what kind of rewards those credit cards. A lot of times they give they give rewards now too. Going back to the credit card, yeah, you know, I keep calling credit card bad debt, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have. Everyone needs it, you know. I've got like four credit cards myself, you know, two business, two personal. It's absolutely important, you know, but you just have to manage it. That's the whole point, right? Managing it is really important. And the credit cards are great. Going back to what you made, you know, your, what you said, the rewards, that's a great point. You know, these things are, can be very valuable. You know, you get a mileage plan, you get your rewards cash back. You know, there's, there's a lot of, that's again, going back to what we talked about earlier, taking advantage of free money, you know, not only just, you know, 401ks, but your banks that offer, Hey, you know, like, you know, if you're starting out, sometimes, hey, you've opened up a checking account, we'll give you $100 free. That's cool. Take advantage of it if you need a new checking account. Um, credit card, going back to, you know, yeah, we have, you know, 2% cash back on this, 5% cash back on that. Mileage, whatever airline that you like flying with, I have Alaska Airlines mileage plan. We rack up miles on that. We're going to Hawaii in, in May, you know, that, that was fully funded. You know, we use mileage or, you know, it comes with a discount companion code, you know, Correct. all that stuff. So there's definitely perks of having a credit card. My whole point is just making sure you manage it. I'm not saying, dude, absolutely am I not, not saying don't get a credit card. Everyone needs one, especially now and day. It's just knowing what that credit card in your hand means. That's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah have the goal to every month pay the balance back in full and you're good. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's as simple as that. And that yeah, goes it, back to your budgeting, you know, just knowing what you're doing with right, that credit card. Right. I mean, it, here's, here's the variable. You pay it back in full, 0% interest. You don't pay it back in full and you make the minimum payment. Yep. It's 30% interest. I mean, you do the math, right? 30, 30% interest on your outstanding balance, guys, adds up. One more thing I want to cover. Let's say, you know, a lot of times people are are looking into buying a home and Mm -hmm. it's about that whole process of getting the loan. Are there some tips that you can, that you can kind of let people know those first time home buyers that it's not only a daunting task, but it's also people like, Oh my God, this loan thing, I don't get it. Or what are some things I have some things that I would like to share, but maybe you'll cover them. Are there some things that, that you've done this and you advise clients? So are there some things, maybe the top two to three things that you're like, you guys, when you, when you get into this, you know, here's what I would advise that, that you, you should be doing or something. Some, some advice. Know what you can afford. Just know where you're at. Obviously, I'm in Seattle here. Cost of living is ridiculous right now. Average median home, I think, is like close to a million dollars. But yeah, I think it was depending on where you live, you know, last time and what your salary is, you know, you, you need to know what you can afford, right? So that means having that conversation with a loan officer at your local bank and getting a pre-approval, right? That's, the, that's, that's a starting point, right? I'd say, you know, yeah, it's fun to start looking at homes and whatnot, but before you even really go do any of that, get a pre-approval letter in your hand, right? Correct. So you know, okay, I have been approved for a $300,000 loan or what a $500,000 loan. So knowing that, okay, if I put down 10% on, you know, this, this home, I can make this mortgage and I can make these payments because once you get a pre-approval letter, you kind of figure out based off of that and the current interest rates and the current market, you can figure out what your monthly payment's going to be as well. Once you've got that in your hand, 
um, then you can start shopping, you know, and that's when the fun begins. And that's when you go out and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to go look at homes this weekend. That's a really cool and really fun process. I've been there with, with my wife and it's just, you know, it's one of those things that just, that can be a really fun rather than daunting task and it should be enjoyed. And honestly, it can be enjoyed once you know what you're getting into. So I think that commerce, again, going back to it, Everything starts with a conversation, having that conversation with your CPA or, and then moreover with your loan officer, getting that pre-approval letter in your hand before you start buying is going to do you wonders because at that point you don't need to worry about like, okay, you know, this house is 700 K I'm just not going to look at it because obviously I can't afford it. So what's the point? Otherwise, you know, if you go walk into that home and that home is just on your mind (laughs) all the time and then later and you're like, okay, that's my dream home. I need that home. I need that home. And then all of a sudden you go to the bank and say, Hey, sorry, you guys, you just, you just won't qualify for this it. just out of your budget and out of your range. And then that's going to be, you know, that's going to have a negative impact on you possibly. Right. So just Correct. knowing what you can afford, then start shopping. That is probably the best thing you can do. And you will honestly enjoy the process then. Absolutely. I, I think that's one of the best pieces of advice you can, you can give. And, and you know, what's, what's nice about that guys is when you get that pre-approval letter, not only have you done your due diligence, the bank has done their due diligence, meaning that the bank is only going to give you X amount of dollars that you're going to be approved for that you can pay back. That removes the stress of knowing, oh my God, am I, can I do this? If the bank is saying you can do it, that means there's something there that there's, you, there's enough income on a debt to income ratio every month that you can do this. And that puts you in a powerful position to be like, look, and it'll also make you in a better position to negotiate for that potential home. And just remember guys, like, that doesn't mean if your dream home is not exactly that home, doesn't mean that later on you can't get the dream home. I also want to really stress here, and what Ayurveda stresses, it's longevity. It's not just what am I doing right now, right here. That's important too. But longevity is more important. You know, all of us want to live a beautiful, long life. If you have that goal to have that dream home that's bigger, better, has a view, it's okay. Yeah, Investing in that smaller home will probably help you get there. Correct. Correct. <laughs> because the real estate market, you know, in the long term, you look at it, it's only going to, it only appreciates, right? Real estate is an appreciating asset. So if you say, okay, you know, I want that $700,000 home, but I can only afford this $300,000 home right now. That's great. Get into it. That's a great investment to have. Now going back into the savings, you know, you use your savings to buy that home and that home is part of your savings now, right? That you're Correct. building your portfolio, you're building equity. That home is going to grow and appreciate, right? And then you, if you live there three, four, five years, maybe that home is worth a lot more now and your, and your salary has gone up. You're earning yep. more now. Your mortgage payment stays consistent. You're earning and saving more as you grow in your career. Now, all of a sudden, we can sell that home and say, hey, okay, fine. Maybe we have a 300, 400, maybe we made $500,000 on this home, but that is income that is not going to be taxable because there's an exclusion for a home. You know, if you own a home for two out of the last five years and you are married, you can exclude up to $500,000 of a gain. So meaning if I bought that house for 300,000 and sell it for 800, I have 500 K in my hand of a gain that I'm not going to pay tax on. I'm going to use that money. And now I can buy my dream home because my salary is more. I used that small home that I bought initially that I thought was small but it did me wonders because now I, I just made so much money off of it and my salary's growing, my, our position's better. Now we have two kids, what now? We need a three or four bedroom home. We can afford it now and we can go get it. And the fact on adding on top of that, Mick, is you've become disciplined about your money. 
Yeah. I, I don't think you can get that gain without being truly disciplined about, okay, th this is what we have on a monthly basis. You probably, there's also upkeep in the house that you budget for as well. So no, it's wonderful advice. And what I'd like to add on, on top of that for the loan is guys, don't be afraid to ask questions, even basic questions. Like what is PMI insurance? What do you, yeah. what's the difference of throwing down 10% versus 20%? Wait, can you walk me through how you guys got to those numbers? And guys, asking the, the great question, is this the best you can do? And don't no. be afraid to shop around. There's, there's a reason there's not one bank of the world. There's <laughs> yeah. many yeah, banks, you know? Yeah, don't walk into that first place and say, okay, yeah. this is it. Go out, shop around, talk to people, have conversations. Correct. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mick, but most of these obligations, you guys, <laughs> think about it. You're going to be with them for 30 years. Most people get a 30-year mortgage. Think about that. It's a big decision and it's an important decision, but one that I think, as Mick says, you start talking, you have that conversation, you start educating yourself, the stress decreases. Again, going back to just, you know, the basic principles of Ayurveda, you know, we take care of your body, take care of your mind. Um, life is just going to get a lot easier in a lot of different aspects and money included, you know. It's just a, it's just an approach, you know, however you approach it, that's the most important thing, you know. Unfortunately, if you have that negative attitude, like, oh, I'm just making... $12 an hour, it's so expensive, everything's this, you know, yeah, obviously, you know, life is tough. There's a lot of people in that position. But if you have that positive attitude, you know, you will grow out of that position, you will figure out your finances, you will figure out your budgeting. Yeah, you're gonna have to make some sacrifices, you can't afford that sports car right now. You may not be able to afford even just the rent by yourself, you may have to have roommates, you know, it's just, again, it's just everyone's starting point is different. But the end goal, if you have a plan, you can get to where you want to get to. Honestly, you really can. I 100% agree. You look at all these greats that, that got started. I mean, if, if, if people are into this topic of money and finance, guys, there's probably nobody on this planet better to study than Warren Buffett. I mean, the, yeah. the, guy, the guy started investing. He, had his, he owned his first stock. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe at the age of like maybe 13, he bought his, yeah, first, man, he he bought his, he bought his first stock. He started studying. And from there, he just got better and started educating. And like Mick was saying earlier, in this day and age and the information overload, you can hone in on a podcast that focuses on this, on a YouTube channel that focuses on this. Take an online class, go to a meetup. People talk about this all the time. And what me and Mick would like to share to you guys is, guys, money is a beautiful tool. Honestly, it's a beautiful tool. It can be used to help people. It can be used to bring happiness to your, you and your family. And it can be a tool to produce creative outlets. Businesses thrive on that. You're able to help people. You know, you can give people the gift of health. Money can be used as a beautiful tool. And yeah. like Mick said, it's, it's a part of our daily lives. Tell me one day you've probably gone about <clears throat> and not been in an exchange of money, used money, or done something. It's, it's there. So get over the fact that it's, no, I'm going to ignore it. No. Take control, get education, you know, get awareness about it and start, like Mick said, have that conversation. Don't be afraid to talk to people. We don't charge, you know, if I get a new client, somebody comes in, they want to have a 30 minute chat, come on in. I don't charge for that. You know, most people won't. Some people might, sure. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there that will have that conversation with you, you know, because the whole point is, you know, we're here. Yeah, sure. I want to build my client base, but at the end of the day, I want to help people, right? That's the most important thing plenty of people out there like that. So just finding that person that you trust. Again, going back to what you were saying, shop around, you know, just because, you know, you walk into a CPA firm, you have that conversation. If you're uncomfortable there, get out, go Correct. somewhere else. There's plenty of other people out there you can talk to. 
There's an abundance. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. And it's funny. I think as I advance in my career, I really do begin to pay attention to my intuition, man. You know, that feeling, mm-hmm. if, it, if it feels right or feels off, I listen to that a lot more now. Yeah. Even absolutely. I sometimes even make that decision over the financial commitment. As you approach most things in life, know your self-worth too, you know, mm-hmm. just, that's important. You know, that's an important thing to have. When you know your self-worth, you can negotiate, right? Going back to, you know, the professional that's coming out of college or has like three years of experience, you know, knowing your self-worth is important. Don't just settle. It can do wonders for you, you know, in negotiating your salary, your stock options, your benefit plan, whatever, you know, just knowing that self-worth is important and, and knowing that. If once you know your self-worth, you know who you want to talk to as well for these, as far as this advice that you're going to get. We've covered so many things today. And as, as I always do, I'd like to kind of summarize, uh, Mick, and please feel free to kind of fill in the blanks because I probably am thinking we'll probably have to have you back on for some other stuff. Dude, we, but, can, we can talk for hours. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. we could have a hundred different episodes about a hundred different things it just we could go on forever it's it's cool you know honestly i enjoy talking about it you could have a different episode for almost every different thing related to your health i mean same thing with money you know every situation every case is different there's so many things we could talk about we just barely hit the tip of the iceberg here there's just correct there's just so many conversations that can be had so i think the most important thing is going back just thinking about what is important to you and then starting from there and then just moving on from there you can connect it back to the finding out your why when you have your why in place, it'll really help you make those financial decisions. Do the work, guys. I'm so blessed and grateful that you're listening, but nothing will mean the world more to me than if you go out there and actually do. Do the activity. Take the action. Find out your why. Like Mick said, get started. Ask people. Begin to start planning. Start doing that budget activity. Start with a rule that Mick said, the 2040, and, and, and that's right, right, Mick? Start with the 2040 20, uh, 50, 30 is general. 20, I like got to it. go 20, 40, 40. Got it. So yeah, start, yeah, start with the, the, the 20, 50, 30, as, as Mick is, is saying, you know, and, and begin there. Start crafting your life. And then as you move beyond your career, you just kind of uh, adjust. And, and that's kind of what's needed. What I'd like to also share here is I found a beautiful quote from Warren Buffett, and it kind of goes um, on what we're talking about. And I'm sure you've heard of this one, but here's the quote. It says, someone sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's beautiful, right? Yeah. It goes back to that example that I gave me and get it just for fun, opened up that splurge account. And a few months later, we're like, wow, okay, this is cool. It added up. It goes back to what Mick was saying, guys. The planning mm-hmm. is so important. The decisions that we make today are going to have a big impact you know, on our future. Mick, we're basically at the end. I know you're also very busy, bud, but bef- as we have with every guest, we have a little fire round. This stuff is not shared with you on purpose, and it's, it's to kind of catch you off guard, which <laughs> All right. I don't know if they really will. I mean, these, I've known you for so long. I don't think I'm going to be surprised or anything, but it's always fun. So okay, these are just, yeah, these are just questions we fire away, and the thing is you can only answer in you know, short and simple, so, and, and I'm sure it's going to be easy. So let's, let's go. Favorite movie of all time? Gladiator. Nice. I like that one. Favorite quote that you live your life by daily? There's so many, man. (laughs) The one that just comes up to my mind is uh, faster alone, further together. Honestly, I love that. Who said that one? We can run a mile faster, but you know, the whole point is getting further, you know, working together. Love that, man. I haven't heard of that one. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. What is the one thing when you come home at the end of the day 
when you self-reflect and and you just feel incredibly grateful for blessings of uh, having my family honestly you know that's the yeah. most important thing everything we do in life at the end of the day it comes back to family you know my got beautiful wife at home that loves me and yep. two amazing kids um five-year-old daughter and a three-year-old <laughs> son and that's it you know everything i do is for them so family that's that's the most important thing love it what makes you get out of bed every morning and- <laughs> family again nice i love that <laughs> honestly love that. everything's for that man that that's it right as we grew, you know, our, our parents instilled those values. You know, I know, I know your parents are like my parents. You know, my parents are like your parents. You know, yep. they just instilled those values that, you know, family, everything we do is just for each other. Um, that's the most important thing. When I get out of bed, yeah, every morning, whether it's waking up early to go to the gym, making sure I'm taking care of my body. You know, my body, you know, honestly, I take care of it mostly. It's the most important thing, taking care of yourself. But at the end of the day, once you have family and you have kids, you know, you're kind of doing it for them also. So Correct. Yeah. Last question, and you can elaborate. I'll let you elaborate a little bit more. How do you live a balanced life, Meg? Again, going back to it, spiritually, mentally, physically, you know, everyone's different. You know, everyone, I feel like, you know, everyone just needs an outlet in life or, you know, life is hard, man. It's not easy. It's, Correct. It's, really, it's not. I don't think anybody can just say, oh, yeah, that, this life is so easy. Everyone has their own challenges, you know, and everyone's challenges are different. So mm-hmm. for me, the way I approach myself is, you know, I, I need to wake up early and I need to go to the gym. You know, I, that, that's my outlet. I have to get my workout and I just, it's not, I'm not doing it for, oh, you know, I want that body that, you know, just, oh, I need a six pack, anything like that. It's more <laughs> just like mentally, um, that's the most important thing for me is just making sure that mentally I can be where I'm at and before I get to work, before I, you know, my kids wake up, before, you know, I really take on that day, I need to get into the gym and just have that workout. This is so fitting because recently what happened, but I know me and you had deep admiration and respect for obviously, you know, Kobe and, and all everybody else that, that, you know, was lost their lives in that tragic helicopter trash and, you know, prayers yeah, go out to them. Tough week, but man. It is. But one of the things that, that really I was reflecting on, Mick, is the legacy that that person lived, the amount of you know discipline and hard work, and I think it goes back to this conversation. But people can take control of their finances with that discipline, with that plan, and really having the focus. And I think that's what Kobe exemplified. I apologize, guys, if if you guys are not sports fans or whatnot, but I don't think you can overlook the fact that how dedicated a single person can be to his craft. That really people that didn't even know him begin to cry. So yeah. it's it's like it's it really pushes me to just continue to work harder and, and be better. And and it's just lovely kind of what you're touching on. But Mick, thank you, man. I love you, bro. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I, this was a fun conversation. To be honest, um, this was suggested by my my like you know one of the team members, and I, I wasn't really sure how we were gonna craft this because like you were also expressing you're like, man. I don't know how fun it's going to be to talk about it, but I really yeah. think we had a great conversation and I really hope the audience gets value, which I do believe we shared. I know we can continue and probably have you back on, but I yeah, truly absolutely. enjoyed it. And I think we also provided value. Thanks for having me, man. Love you, brother. I uh, just want to say, you know, you guys are doing amazing things. You know, I know you, I've known you for my whole life. It feels like just so proud of you, everything you're doing with the podcast uh, you, and man. also it's... you, Veda. I know, I know you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for everyone else. So that's the most, uh, the most important thing. And that makes me just so happy. So thank wishing you, you the so best much. of luck. And uh, yeah, me and you will probably chat again later today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, bud.
take right, care brother, and yeah, take care. Thank you take guys. Care, Thank you everybody for, you know, enjoying and listening to another episode of the balance being podcast. I really appreciate it. That was one of my best friends and, and I'm just so happy he was able to provide value. Thank you once again. And till next time, take care. Thank you. We hope this episode helped make your life simple. Join us next week on the Balanced Being Podcast with Gunisodi.